ESPN FC Daily, K. Murray and LME. Oh my goodness, the favourites Brazil are out of the World Cup. Croatia knocking them out on penalties. Brazil once again out at the quarter-final stage. Croatia once again marching on to the semi-final stage. What's your initial reaction to this, LME? K. Murray, the first thing I want to say is salute Croatia. They are the warriors of this World Cup. They are the fighters. They never bow down to Brazil. They never bow down to the pressures of fighting against the favorites because so many of us, obviously, from whether it's an emotional thing or a you know analytical thing, we thought Brazil were going to win it all. So Croatia, unbelievable. Just kept fighting and fighting like a boxer getting up from the canvas. Tremendous stuff to once again the 2018 finalists to once again be in the final four is remarkable. And I'm sure we're going to talk about the performances. And Brazil, my goodness, I know that we're going to talk a lot with the guests and Ale and Herc and stuff. But like, I, I thought they were, aside from that moment of genius from Neymar, in extra time, there were a few managerial decisions there from Chiche that I was pretty surprised at. And, you know, as a South American, I'm disappointed. But Croatia, well done. Well done. I know, absolutely. In fact, it got to the point where you, you saw once it was going to extra time, regardless of what happened in extra time, knowing Croatia being able to weather the storm, we've seen them do it now three times in 2018, second time in this competition. It seems to be something they relish. Let's not wait any longer to bring Ali Moreno in. I cannot wait to hear what he thinks about what's happened here. And I do want to start with Brazil when we talk to you, Ali. Welcome back in. What went wrong for Brazil tonight? This is tough. This is tough, Kay. Let me tell you. You know that bracket that we all filled at the beginning of the World Cup? Rip That's it up! All gone. <laughs> That's all gone. See you guys later. Good night. Time to warm up the balls. Time to go home. Um, look, Brazil, uh, I think at times in this game, we're surprised by Croatia's willingness to pressure higher up the field and Croatia's willingness to go and test Brazil in the attacking half. Brazil's success so far in this tournament, while we like to focus on the attacking half, I think what had been most impressive about them is the fact that they were willing to press and counter-press and regain possession of the ball right away. And in order to press and counter-press, you have to have everybody working together in order to go get the ball. And that means everybody. That means Vini Jr. That means Neymar. That means that everybody has to be involved in that defensive work initially. And that wasn't happening. So you see Juranovic, who I didn't think I was going to have to be talking about regarding this match. <laughs> Juranovic running 40 yards freely without anybody confronting him. And it was happening time and time again. And you see Luka Modric, who we know. We know how great of a player he is and what an effort he put in this game. He was, he was receiving the ball from center backs. He was receiving the ball from the attacking players. He was everywhere. We know that Luka Modic is going to want to get on the ball. So that's the responsibility of the underneath striker, if you will, for Brazil. Who would that be? That's Neymar. And Neymar is just giving it a slow jog. So Modric having the freedom to just dictate through the midfield. You give him that freedom, he's going to pick a pass. And so for me, Brazil... I think we're surprised. We're surprised in the approach by Croatia. Didn't quite react. And the same question that I had leading up to Neymar's goal is the same question that I had after Neymar's goal. And that is very simply, full disclosure, why is Neymar still on the field? Why is Neymar still on the field? Now, he scores the goal. 
genius, right? And we all bow down to Neymar and his greatness. And, and, and that's undeniable in that moment. But up until that moment, again, a lot of slow walking, a lot of slow jogging, a lot of sort of, I'm going to stand on the ball and the ball is not going to move. And if you do that, you allow Croatia to sit behind the ball and make it very difficult for you to create anything. I didn't quite understand why he was still in the field at that point. Obviously, I got my answer. Tite, yeah, you're right. You're a genius. You know what you're doing. That's why I'm not managing the Brazilian national team. But then afterwards, if indeed you're going to take a defensive posture, then why is he still on the field? Because he's not going to help you defensively. And what was even more surprising for, after everything that I've said, Brazil are up one nothing. It is the second half of the extra time. They've taken a defensive posture. It's been a decision by Tite. And somehow you get caught in a counterattack, in a 4v3 situation, how does, that ha- how does this happen with players of this experience, with players of this caliber? If you've taken the defensive posture, then you pump the ball into the attacking half, hope that something happens over there, and you don't take any chances to get stretched. Brazil gets stretched, Croatia goes on the counter, they tie the game up, and once we got into penalty, Livakovic and Croatia and the momentum, it was always going to be very difficult for Brazil. And they saved the last penalty spot for Neymar, which, which adds to your point about why was he there in the first place. It was very weird managerial decisions by a very, very experienced coach, Chichi, Chichi in, that, in, that, in that situation. By the way, that goal, that was the first shot on target for Croatia in the entire game. Let's bring on... Hercules Gomez. Well, our budget, Kay, is really coming up on ESPN FC Daily. We get Herc Gomez now. I mean, wow. Herc, initial reactions from this game, the win for Croatia and the loss once again against European competition in the knockout stages for Brazil. Hey, guys. Yeah, I will echo what uh, Alejandro is saying about a bracket buster. I don't think anybody saw this coming, Brazil bowing out this early. Uh, a Brazilian team that you would have thought had a lot more in the tank. I mean, this Croatian team had two very difficult 0-0 games in the group phase and then a 1-1 draw with Japan, a very physical Japanese team that went overtime and penalty kicks. And and you would have thought they would have been running on E versus a Brazilian side that had the luxury of resting nine different players versus Cameroon. And then around the 63rd minute, started subbing everybody out versus South Korea. Uh, The team with the flair, uh, the, the team that was more rested, the team that had more fan support, the team with the bigger stars. And yet it was Croatia that looked the fresher of the two teams in the first 45. And the second half, I don't even think it was close. Uh, I'll concede with Ali uh, that they had a lot of success down the right-hand flank in the first half. But the second half, it really was overwhelming pressure uh, by by Brazil. And it's one save after another by Livokovic uh, to keep them in this game. And you think it's just a matter of time until Brazil gets their goal. And when everybody's asking themselves, because everybody was asking themselves, where is Neymar? Where is Neymar? Why is he still on the field? He scores the goal. And you think that's it. And when you think they shouldn't have any more resolve, shouldn't have another opportunity at goal, it's Luka Modric that somehow spins out of that counter and you should foul him at midfield. Somehow he spins out and Petkovic is the guy who finishes it off. It's a deflected goal. You can say what you want is circumstantial. But at that exact moment, you just knew it was over. Going into penalty kicks, the momentum is in Croatia's favor. It was a matter of time. That sinking feeling crept in for Brazil. And another knockout round where they're out. They're out of the World Cup. 
Yeah, five straight FIFA World Cup knockout stage games against European opposition where Brazil go out. As for Croatia, and you mentioned in their Herc penalties, you know there's that old saying when Gary Lineker said football is a game of 90 minutes and in the end the Germans always beat you on penalties. They're going to have to start saying the Croatians because when it comes to World Cup history, penalty shoots out, they're now 4-0 along with Germany, the mental strength in this Croatian side, which I want to get to in a minute. But before I do, Ale Moreno, I want to ask you a question. Are Brazil as good as we thought they were? Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> they are as good as we thought they were. The problem is uh, we didn't see it with consistency. We saw it in the first 45 minutes against South Korea. But what you saw there was a team that when they lost the ball, they got possession of the ball right away. And they, it was sustained pressure after sustained pressure. And that takes a level of commitment that I don't think was quite there defensively from a lot of the players today in Brazil, certainly those in the attacking line. I, I mentioned Neymar and I highlighted Vini. And I also have to highlight some of the decisions in terms of what's happening with Tite and who he brought on. And at what point did he bring on these players? But in terms of the talent level for Brazil, yes, they are as good as we thought they were. We knew they had their limitations on the outside back position, but we never thought that they would actually have a need for those guys to get forward because of the trust that they had on Vinny Jr. to create on his own and Rafinha to create on his own or Anthony coming off the bench or Rodrigo coming off the bench. And I just mentioned four players there, and any of those four players, if they were in somebody else's team, would probably be in most teams in this competition, if not the best, close to the best player in that team. And that's the sort of talent level that we're talking about here with Brazil. That's why this becomes so surprising. And that's why we look at this as a major upset. We know Croatia, the defending, and, and, and not defending champions, but a, a, a team that got into the final and the defending runner-up, and you know that they have uh, a whole lot of talent and a whole lot of experience. And you know that this is a group that is going to fight. But even having said all of that, Brazil, having not played all that well, we're still up one nothing with a second half of extra time to go. And they couldn't see it out. That's what's damaging about Brazil. The other stuff we can analyze to death. But it came down to being able to defend a lead with 15 minutes to go. And Brazil couldn't do it. It's worth noting, by the way, that some of the performances from Croatia were some of the best I have seen in the entire tournament. We talked already about, you know, their goalkeeper, of course, but their right back as well. I mean, I'm looking at this lineup and I can't see any. Obviously, there's below average, there's average. And then there's some performances from this Croatian side today that I thought were tremendous. I mean, Juranovic, their right back, was majestic today. I mean, obviously, when you're facing against a Brazilian side that likes to attack, that likes to go wide, that likes to penetrate, I thought they were fantastic. And Luka Modric, I mean, that man is, you know, he's like Baryshnikov. Like, he's just a dancer. And he orchestrates this so well. I didn't see him lose the ball once. And Brazil couldn't figure it out. Herc, let me ask you something. How far can Croatia go? Honestly, can they win it? I mean, when you look at who's in that bracket, you either face Argentina, who's underwhelmed. They faced competition like Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland, uh, and then Australia. And in none of those matches did you think they overwhelmed their opponents and they were very effective or didn't give up chances. They actually gave up quite a bit of chances to teams like Saudi Arabia and Australia. And then you look at a Netherlands team that's very well disciplined, 
but it's very similar to Croatia in, in the way they will sort of wear, well wear you down just in different ways. Croatia to me is like El Uruguay, the Europe. They're a very South American European team in the way they play and the way they wear you down. Those teams in a tournament setting are very effective. So when you look at that bracket, there is a scenario where I can see this team again making another finals appearance. appearance. And it's because of players like Luka Modric. Mm-hmm. Luka Modric is 37 years old. I don't know how he's still running this way. I don't know how he's still uh, this effective, uh, this much of a two-way player, because it's not just that he's dancing on the ball, like you said, or he's orchestrating things. I mean, he's a player that wears you down physically. He's 37 years old, and he can still wear you down physically. Uh, I've not seen too many players in my time that have that effect on the game at that age. Yeah, it's incredible with Luka Modric. One of the funniest things I always remember is it was only a couple of months after him coming to Real Madrid and Marca decided that he was the worst signing of like the year or the season. (laughs) Do you remember that? And then you look to see what happened after that. Obviously, they were made to eat their words. Even when it comes to penalty shootouts with him, it's three goals in penalty shootouts, which is the most by any player in World Cup history. The mentality, I mean, he epitomises it really, doesn't he, Ale? The strength that this shy that this side show mentally, it's like, okay, we're happy to go to extra time. We've weathered this storm before. We know how to deal with this. We'll step up and take penalties. They're not scared. They're so mentally strong on top of all that talent they've already got, LA. Yeah, and, and if we focus on Luka Modric, we can also give a shout out to Brozovic as well. And yeah. certainly can give a shout out to that whole midfield area for Croatia and how willing they are to go and join in the attack when they have the chance to do so, but how much they sacrifice defensively. Give a shout out to Vardiol as well, the center back who has been outstanding. Dejan Lovren, who, I mean, was left for dead at Liverpool at some point in his career. And somehow he... I thought he retired. He's a big time (laughs) defender. Again, somehow. I don't know where this came from, but it's working. And, And... you go across the board with Croatia and what you have is a team that knows who they are. They're not afraid, first and foremost. And I think that's critically important when you play against a team like Brazil. A lot of the teams that play against Brazil, even at this stage of the competition, they kind of show up and they see the La Verde Amarela. They see the jersey and they go, ay, mama, ay, this was great, but it's not going to last too much longer, guys. So I'm glad you enjoy the World Cup. They're not afraid. They show up and they were willing to play with Brazil, against Brazil, and take the game to Brazil whenever the opportunities were there. And because Brazil slowed the pace of the game down, it allowed Croatia to get more into the game and actually become a protagonist alongside with Brazil. Uh, In terms of Luka Modric, and and, and let me just... When I look at a player, and, and I've highlighted this about Luka Modric in Champions League because we've seen it with Real Madrid time and time again. And we saw it against PSG uh, in in the last year's Champions League in a moment in which Real Madrid needed a goal and he ran away from Neymar with the ball and eventually ends up in a goal for Real Madrid that kept Real Madrid in that game and eventually they won it. That, That effort, that extra something that Luka Modric gives Real Madrid and today gave uh, Croatia, which we saw time and time again, that ability to just, I'm just going to run with it. I'm going to release pressure because I'm willing to run with this ball, or I'm going to go press, or I'm going to go win a ball, or I'm going to find a pass that is going to get us out of pressure. That is a level of championship mentality that only the very best and the very elite have. And I'm talking about elite competitors. I'm not talking about elite talent. Neymar is an elite talent. 
But in terms of competition, when a guy who's 37 years old, who just played an extra time session in his last matchup against Japan, who has stressful match against Belgium to get out of the group, that guy's still running and you're doing a slow jog, that is a contrast that there are no excuses for that if you're Neymar. And there, are, there aren't enough good things that we can say about Luka Modric. But that contrast is the difference between one team advancing and the other one going home. Luis, you're nodding away there. I mean, I just, I love Luka Modric so much. I just, for everything that Ali was saying and, 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 and everything that he represents, I, I think there's also a difference between an elite athlete and just a football, a soccer brain. Somebody that knows what is going to happen three seconds before anybody else on the pitch. That's Luka Modric. And, and, and you know, uh, Herc said something really uh, important. I think that's worth remembering. Croatia are the Uruguay, at least not from this tournament, but they are the Uruguay of Europe because they have this, this mentality. And, and it's funny because we always talk about the physicality of the game and, and tactics and everything, but you need this mental fortitude in order to keep going, especially in a tournament situation. Domestic competitions, you know, weekend, week out, you have to try and adjust, etc. But in a tournament, you need that fortitude. And Croatia just deliver over and over again, all the time. I mean, I think I had a friend on Twitter, like at the very beginning of the tournament, before the tournament even started, I said, who are your favorites to go far? And one of them said Croatia. And I was like kind of dismissing it because I thought, I think you had your moment in the sun in 2018. Teams are now more equipped to figure things out, especially Croatia. I was wrong. Croatia are legitimate. And Luka Modric represents everything that you want in a midfielder. He is the first of that sort of enganche role that's transformed into much, much more. Juan Roman Riquelme, as I've said, is like one of my favorite players ever. Modric has elevated it into something that I've never thought I see with somebody that's late 30s. Unbelievable stuff, Kay. Unbelievable. It really is. Herc, as well, you, you mentioned Livakovic, and we're talking about Modric here, and Ale's just gone through all the great players that are on this Croatia team. But this goalkeeper for them in this World Cup has proved to be invaluable. Yeah, uh, Livakovic has to be the center figure here, um, and, and we have to give Croatia their due. They did very well. They found their result, but we have to acknowledge how super wasteful Brazil was in front of the net. I mean, time and time again, whether it was the first half when they actually had some opening and it's Vinicius Jr. not taking the shot, or it's the second half down the right-hand side, Militao coming across, and it could have been an own goal, or it's Marquinhos, or, or it's Neymar being wasteful trying to make the goalkeeper and Livakovic coming up big. I mean, it was just chance after chance after chance. 21 shots, in the, Mark. 21 Yeah, shots. especially in the second half. It didn't matter who was on, whether it was Anthony, whether it was Rodrigo. It was just very wasteful. And Livakovic came up very big. But you have to acknowledge just how wasteful Brazil were. This is football. You can play this game another 10 times, and probably Brazil comes out winning seven or eight of those times. But on, in this moment, Livakovic did his job. But... I think it's more, you have to recognize how good he was, but how wasteful Brazil was also in, in front of the uh, Croatian net. Ali Moreno, any last thoughts before we move on to talk about the other quarterfinal today? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, I, I love the attitude of Croatia, right? And well-documented, we've already talked about it. But in order for a team to believe, in order for a team to be able at this stage of the competition to hang on to the belief that we can do this, a team like Brazil, who's far superior in terms of talent, has to give them re- reasons to believe. And by slowing the game down, by missing opportunities, it allowed Croatia to hang on, hang on, hang on. And eventually, whenever Croatia were down, I think this is the part that we should highlight about Croatia. When they were down, they were able to go and get the goal. We didn't think it was possible, and neither did Brazil. And that's a problem. They didn't believe that Croatia was capable of coming back in the game. They did. Got to penalties. See you guys later. Take care. Okay, I'm going to bring you guys and everybody a little light relief before we get into the nitty gritty of the next quarterfinal. So, as you know, Sergio Aguero has his own Twitch page. He just, you know, speaks to the likes of Messi and Papu Gomez on it from time to time. Anyway, on the latest edition, Papu Gomez wanted to show off his new hairstyle. And I don't really think it had the desired effect. Take a look at this. Pará, ¿por qué, tenés, qué te, te pelaste mal, boludo? ¿A quién me parezco? Es un bueno, exjugador. Es un ex extranjero. Es un exjugador extranjero. Ah, ¿que juega en el Real Madrid? Sí. ¿El que, el que cagaba patada a todos? Nah. ¿No? No, nah, boludo, otro. Ese, no, grábense, no. Canavaro. Cará, no tires por tirar. Sí, estás tirando por tirar. Jugó en el Real Madrid y en la MLS. Nah, ya le dijiste todo. Nah, pará, ya no, dijiste pa. todo. Bacon. Le pegaste. Pero, boludo, ¿te quisiste hacer ese corte? ¿Pero vos te crees que sos igual, tarado? Está parecido, boludo. Mandale la captura al hijo de Bacon. Mandale esta. Listo, se la, se la mando se la mando a él directamente, a ver qué piensa. So you know my favorite bit about this is how kind Messi is being to Papu. It's like he doesn't <laughs> being so sweet to him, like, oh come on, he at least looks a little bit like yeah. him. Oh come on, you're gonna give too much away. It's almost like it's his kid. <laughs> that's 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 Leo Messi saying I need Papu to feel confident for the rest of the tournament. It's, is, is that all it takes? Is that all it takes to look like David Beckham? Shave your head? Yeah, you're the double. There you go, Ali. You're on track. So, <laughs> you're on track, Ali. Venezuelan Beckham over here. I, I I got it naturally. Does that does that mean that uh, me and Beckham are in the same sort of level there? Spot on, Ali. Spot on. <laughs> um, guess guess what? As well, guys, uh, Luis, I'll I'll let you know this to begin with. As you can imagine, the Argentina fans are in a very, very excited mood right now. And it's not just because they have their own quarterfinal coming up. It's because their old foe, Brazil, are out. I mean, there's even a song about it. I'm sure they're all singing it. It does mean that if they are to progress today, they will not be facing them either. So let's start with your thoughts then. LME, are you excited for this one? Argentina, Netherlands coming up later today. Yeah, well, there's egg on my face because I spent the entire day yesterday writing a beautiful article with Mario Kempes and our colleague Gustavo Hoffman about how I want to see a Super Clásico de las Américas and Brazil, Argentina. And look what happens. I jinxed them. So there you go. But yes, this Argentina-Netherlands match, you mentioned, Kay, in the past, the 1998 game, of course, that ridiculous goal from Dennis Bergkamp. But, you know, most recently as well, when they played in their own 2014 World Cup when Brazil 
hosted Argentina as well, were there and, and they beat them on penalties to make it to the final. So there's a lot of history in this matchup. Listen, Herc uh, said it earlier, and I think Ale said it in the past as well. This match actually comes perfectly for Argentina to watch what just happened to Brazil. Because the Netherlands may look, they may look like a boring, reactive team under Louis van Gaal. But just like the USMNT were exposed to, this is actually the Floyd Mayweather Jr. of the World Cup. They wait for you. They wait until you hit them with something. And then out of nowhere with a left hook in Memphis Depay and Cody Gakpo, etc. They're a very smart team. They're very calm. And all they have to do is just wait. I mean, Virgil van Dijk said it. Look, obviously they have Messi, but we need to worry about the entire team. So they have a plan. So Argentina actually can say, oh, my goodness. Thank goodness I just watched that Brazilian loss to Croatia because now we can be a little bit more ready. It's not for a Peruvian to say it every day, but I'm rooting for Argentina because I need South America to keep going here. I can't see another European win this. Herc, that just got me thinking, you know, on a day like this when it's such a big game, do Argentina at all see this game earlier or are you not watching anything that's going on beforehand? Well, you're you're watching as much as, as you possibly can. It's just human nature. And maybe you're trying not to pay too much attention to it because you're trying to focus on your own. But you've, you've got that in your background noise. And at some point in time, you're going to hear Brazil out. And either that flips a little switch in your mind or the fire or, or the worry. Either way, uh, your little spidey senses are tingling. And for Argentina, a team that now will repeat hasn't really played up to the potential, not this Argentina team that we've been hearing about, the 35-game unbeaten streak, the team that beat Italy, the team that beat Brazil uh, in Copa America, in Brazil, uh, you know, Messi's last dance, all these other things. This has been a very different Argentina team with Scaloni, who I think is still trying to figure out his best 11. Look, I'm looking at the official lineup right now. He's going with the back line of three center backs, which is probably the smartest thing to do when Mir the same thing that the Netherlands will do because they're so strong on the outsides. Uh, but I still have a lot of doubts about this Argentina team, especially when it comes to the, you know, the outside backs, whether it's a Cunha or Molina and how they can deal with Blind and Dumfries uh, who are very well in open space and, and how that midfield can protect Messi because there's an interesting stat um, about who ran the most in, in the group phase and who ran the least um, ran the most was a bunch of kids in the U S men's national ran the least out of everybody was Argentina. And you can see that in the way they play for Messi. You can see that in the way Messi kind of jogs and comes in and out of games and picks his moments. They come and go with with uh, with Messi. Neymar could have not have scored today, could have not have been a factor, and Brazil would have still been able to go through in my eyes versus Croatia. Lionel Messi has to be an absolute factor in this game if they are to beat the Netherlands. There's no two ways about that for me. He has to be a factor uh, with the ball at his feet, scoring goals or assists, but he has to be the man if they are to have a chance versus the Netherlands. Uh, Julian Alvarez as well starting, scored in his last two starts in the World Cup against Poland and Australia. What do you see with this Argentina side, Ale Moreno? Can they avoid having what happened to Brazil happen to them against Netherlands here? Well, first off, let me just address that. Anytime that I participate in this show with you, I learned something different. Last time it was something about a scorpion and a frog. And now <laughs> the Netherlands are the money Mayweather of the World Cup. Okay. The difference I between the Netherlands and money Mayweather is that 
Ali. Unlike Money Mayweather. That means you've got to bring the important things for Ali Moreno. And that's Panini Slippers. Yeah. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. You've been a little late with that, Kay. We're almost to the final stages of the competition. We'll tell that story later. Appreciate that. As I was saying, the difference between Money Mayweather and the Netherlands is that the Netherlands are beatable. They are beatable. Now, you have to be careful with the Netherlands, but this is a beatable team. And I'm going to take a different angle than Herc on this. While it is obvious that Lionel Messi has to play a starring role for Argentina and be in the middle of everything that they do, I actually think that in order for them not only to advance today, but to have a realistic shot of winning this whole tournament, they need more from the supporting cast. They need productivity from the supporting cast. And I'll take you back to the final that uh, Hercules just referred to in Copa America at Brazil. The goal in that game is scored by Angel Di Maria and assisted by Rodrigo De Paul, meaning that, that there was no messy involvement whatsoever. There has to be something like that in order for Argentina to be successful. The focus will be on Messi. The other guys have to prove that they're a threat as well. If they do, then Argentina will go through and will continue to make noise in this tournament. Argentina reminds me of some of these Italy teams that we have seen in World Cups past, that they're sort of limping through the tournament, that they're underwhelming, that they're, you can always point at things that they could do better, and yet they continue to advance. Every game is a struggle. Oh my goodness, they're on the verge of going out and they continue to advance. We have seen this in World Cups past that a team like that usually somehow they find their way into the final. But in order to do that, Argentina, again, not only are they going to need Messi, they're going to need the other guys too. Ali Moreno, did you just see Italy down in the ring? They've been absolutely knocked out and you've still punched them after that. Uh, I actually brought them back up. I'm actually doing them a favor. Nobody was thinking of Italy. I'm doing them a favor. I'm bringing them back up as a, as a perhaps a positive story. Nobody was thinking about Italy or talking about Italy. So there you go. I'm doing Italy a favor and your husband a favor for that matter. <laughs> See, Italians, Ali Moreno loves you and he just wanted you to feel included. Listen, guys, we're going to let you both go, Herc and Ali. It's great to have you. We're looking forward to hearing more from you on ESPN FC Daily. We'll wrap things up from here, though, LME, because Fernando Santos has uh, had a bit of a go at the media and those in the press conferences for asking too many questions about Cristiano Ronaldo. He said he would like them to stop talking about Cristiano Ronaldo. So shall we follow his wishes and yes, not talk please. about Cristiano Ronaldo today? Please, please, for the love of Papu Gomez, David Beckham, please, let's just stop talking about Cristiano Ronaldo. Please, in fact... I'll talk about Portugal all day long, Kay. I just please, no more Ronaldo. Please promise me that. Okay. Well, just just in just for fairness, what I'm going to do is say what Santos said. He said it's high time to leave Cristiano alone. Another conference where the news about him is dominating the headlines. He never said he wanted to leave the national team. It is high time we stop the conversation. Ninety percent of the questions in these press conferences are about him. So he is sticking up for his captain and his superstar player. And we will send out the love and we will not end by saying too much about Cristiano Ronaldo today. Make sure you join us after the conclusion between Netherlands and Argentina. Just before we go, if you've got a quick prediction, Luis. Well, what's the point, Kay? It's so rough. <laughs> so I'll just be counterproductive. No, I think uh, I think Argentina will, will, will do this. I think uh, they'll, they'll win and I think they will do it. I think they'll do it in regular time, Kay, right? 
Yeah, they might have got even a bigger incentive to win now just so they can really, really stick it to Brazil. And we know they'd love to do that. Anyway, we'll see all you guys after that game.